0: Hello, Character Arc listeners. Welcome to the Character Arc podcast, where each week we talk about a movie we just watched. Uh, we'll go into, we'll start with a synopsis of the film, then go into a general discussion about what we liked, what we didn't like, and maybe make some changes if we were the ones making the film. My name is Richard Bertelson. and I am Ted Hong. And this week we watched *Knives Out*. I keep waiting for the big reveal. All of them lied to me. There is one guilty party behind it all. You know something. Spill it. Oh my God. Tell me what happened to my grandfather. I think you have something you want to tell me. Do you want to start with a synopsis, Ted? Yeah,
1: I'll start with one. All right, here we go. Ryan Johnson's Done It? or who done it <laughs> you done it that again a, which that makes was me a think very, <laughs> very
0: good especially at the long after a long list of this is why this all makes sense just kind of a comedic one yeah. <laughs> <to> <laughs> a little jab i did enjoy it i think <laughs> yeah no that was great um
1: which makes me think that he did this unintentionally Cause why else would you market it as Who Done It? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he gives you the answer right away.
0: My synopsis of the film is: young member of a millionaire family tries desperately to save that family, and nobody listens to him. Who? One of the Chrises, like <laughs> <laughs> Ransom, and playing off the fact that Ransom was actually protecting the family, even though he's an oh, asshole. Yeah. He's an <laughs> asshole. Yeah.
1: She wasn't saying you. Did this? Hugh did this. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking ridiculous, uh, but it was it was so good.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I really loved this movie actually. Me uh, too. When it first started, it was it stayed in that interview sort of format for a little long, and I was kind of like, okay, this is just going to be a literally a Who Done It. We're going to interview the family. It's going to be inter- interspersed with scenes. And then we're gonna figure out who did it, uh, but that's not actually what the movie is. The movie quite quickly actually tells us who did it, or who, which is seems to be responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Actually, it does tell you. I don't know. It's actually. It, I was gonna say it does tell you who did it, just not who's responsible. But actually, not really. It's more. There's a, another layer on that. There's a. Um, <laughs> there's a who done it to the who done it. So what's really enjoyable after that first segment to me is how the movie. Is no longer who did this, but how is she going to get away with it?
1: See, that's what uh, I was going to say. It was uh, it was like Clue, but with a twist. Because during the first half, it was all of that. And then the, from the midpoint on is how, how was she going to get away with it, if at all? Because I thought that the movie was all going to be centralized in the house. Because mm-hmm. uh, it seemed like a large part of it took place in different angles. And usually detective or mystery movies uh, of this caliber would usually be centralized in one location
0: and it mostly is yeah but yeah it does Mm. spread out from there which i'm glad it did um because i guess it doesn't really need to though but it does help for some scenes i mean the only time they really leave is when uh chris evans character kind of figures out that in the plot line of the movie when it seems like he figures out what happened Mm -hmm. and he takes her away and they have to talk in private which allows them to form the bond that they form and then sort of like that As the movie itself calls it, the stupidest car chase.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I love about this movie is that it's uh, very much like a magician's trick, which, you know, if you go see a magician, there are, you know, there's a lot of misdirection. So it's the attention, uh, where they want you to focus your attention on. um, But the fact that all of it is in front of you, you just have to kind of draw your focus onto it. So all of the clues were all present.
0: And also the sequencing of it. It was presumed that she had done it. She seems to be. More I would tech. say she seems to be responsible for the death. Is right. the best way to put it, because mm-hmm. um, she does not murder him. No, nor does the movie ever make you think she murdered him, but she's responsible for him dying. Right. At least that's what the movie wants you to believe for most of it, mm-hmm. including while everyone else is trying to solve the, the mystery right.
1: that it was just an accident. And but she seemed like a good person, and she seemed like she could have. She should escape from that.
0: I I think what what works so well about the structure is the movie did after she after it's open for one it allows for a lot of comedy because the main investigator uh Daniel Craig's delightful <laughs> Benoit <laughs> Blanc, Benoit Blanc. He enlists her to help him, so there's a nice, funny sequence in which she's literally just kind of Cummings. stashing <laughs> evidence as he's as she's helping him. Right. Um. In really good comic moments too, like with the dog bringing the, the oh, piece yeah. of the trellis, the mud, the videotape. Yeah. But also, I, as it went on, I it did make me wonder at small moments, like wait do we not have all the information? And she did intentionally kill him. Right. Because it shows us little things like after she's, you know, after it flashes back where she kills him and then she's like crying and then she kind of sobers up for a moment, you know, or she seems... More collected, yeah. more calculating. So it put that in there. But then also I did wonder always the movie obviously does reveal there's an extra layer onto it and some, someone else like kind of got her in that situation. And I suspected that, you know, for a good chunk of the movie, at least, but it was really kind of difficult to figure out because they do the kind of perfect red herring, which is obviously you'd expect you would suspect ransom because he's the biggest asshole, but the movie immediately tries to subvert you or tries pull to shift your attention it away. away from him because mm-hmm. he's working with her, right, and seems like. Classic villain. Which is also a good... He also has good enough motivation to do that because Ransom does also hate his family. Right. So it's totally believable this asshole would just legit, legitimately be helping her. But it also still... It's not like some random-ass surprise. Oh, he's the one who did it. No, that also makes perfect sense. Right. And the movie does a good job of doing the... You know, when, when Daniel Craig goes through and pulls out all of the moments. And you're like, yeah, that all lines up just fine. I mean... It's quite a web that's a little bit of unlikely a, in real life Some of it is a stretch it's reasonable for
1: her to uh, know by like weight and viscosity as he had described when she picks up the vial like she knows it by nature she done it so mm. many times yeah I can understand that but it almost seems a little far-fetched at the same time
0: yeah and I wasn't necessarily talking about that uh, that is that is the oh, that's just one example. the furthest stretch I just mean because that doesn't really have to do with ransom being. Re- Ransom's plot that he set up. That's just like a mis- that's just the reason why she wasn't responsible legally. Right. I mean legally, yeah,
1: that's the Really though, is.
0: if you want to get into the legal <laughs> she she wouldn't be responsible for murder, that's for sure. But she would be responsible for conspiracy to um you know hide the crime. Right. Because well, it's destroying evidence the only mean- thing there doesn't necessarily have to be a crime for you to be responsible for that, for you to be liable for that. You just have to think there was. Right. So it's still obstruction of justice and all that stuff like that. She could yeah, she's still. She could still. Now, granted, but now she's got all the resources, so. Given how much he, she was manipulated by him, you could use that as a defense that probably gets you off. Yeah. But she still committed a crime. Yeah. Uh, and he, he almost didn't. <laughs> Well, that's why
1: he's not being charged for his suicide. He's being charged for the the murder of Fran.
0: Well, you could... There is a conceivable world where he could be charged because his suicide may not have happened, if not for other actions.
1: Very nuanced. I think it's a very good modern-day whodunit, that sort of mystery. It's something I've been waiting for. Like, we had just watched uh, Motherless Brooklyn, and comparing it to that, because that is still very much a mystery, uh, but this one does it miles better.
0: One of the things that... uh, to me, one of the reasons is because I was really invested in this mystery. And like with Motherless, Bro- Motherless Brooklyn, I did not give a shit about that mystery. Yeah, uh, and just, I kind of knew what... Oh, there's a bunch of corrupt people at the top. Yep, that's yep. what's going on. That's, okay, yep. there's this one little tiny twist in it that doesn't really matter to me. Um, but The stakes
1: weren't totally involved. Or at least it didn't translate well for Motherless Brooklyn. Whereas this one... We care about Marta.
0: Yes. Um, very much so. They do like, a very, very good job of establishing her character. Um, really, the entire cast is extremely well acted. So good, yeah. The now,
1: I, I want to say, because, you, you know, with our. With our whole uh, focus being character arcs, now with this this type of movie, it would be more of a reverse character arc. Go back to the whole magician's trick. In this case, we're 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 seeing the characters already at the end through these flashbacks. We see them how they actually were, like how they got to them now, and we're uncovering it. We're digging it up. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, you're talking
0: about with the family as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the family definitely doesn't go through, but they obviously, we do. You're right. We dig up how the, how they became such a dysfunctional family. I would argue the movie does have an active... It has a twist on an active character arc, which is that Marta, we're seeing her get pushed and pushed and pushed to be a conniving worse oh. criminal person. Yep, okay. But she never does make that arc even though she does start to do shady stuff and she does commit crimes and trying to cover up what happened. But in the end, as we learn, well, as Daniel Craig essentially gives her that last parting wisdom, which is, you know, you didn't win this by playing their game. You won it by, by by being, by, by your way. Yeah. And essentially I think she felt that pressure to become more, Duplicitous, like all of them, them,
1: because of uh, I just forgot his name, um, Harlan, who had instructed her to do all these things, and she was going along with it. Mm -hmm. This is just out of her depth, so she was going it, she was doing it this way up until the point where she did it her way, um, ending up saving Fran, right? Um, because yeah, this could have ended on a very bleak note, yeah, if she could have been like, Oh no, I gotta do this, like she had succumbed, it would have been, uh, would have been an interesting turn to have done it that way.
0: So, yeah, I think the movie is saying is teasing you with, will she go through a negative character arc? Right. And then just kind of affirming, no, she doesn't need to change because she was better than all of them to begin to with. To begin with. Yeah. And I love the little discussion. It
1: was almost uh between the four where one was arguing about like, oh, if you broke the law, you've broken yep. the law. Whereas uh, Tony Collette's character was talking about they're human.
0: So obviously that's a, a meta conversation on the right. whole movie. But yeah, I mean, you're right. That that comments on her sort of moral quandary. Um, that also predates knowing that us knowing that her her mother is an immigrant. The movie's really good about that, though. Just having every conversation contribute in some way. Yeah, sometimes it the, all con- builds. Sometimes yeah. the con- contribution is um, a red herring, as these stories of have. Course. Sometimes it's giving mm-hmm. people motive that they didn't act on. Speaking but, of. That's how this works, though. is Yeah, that with yeah, Misdirection. You know that anybody could be... Even once you realize she did it and the movie makes you wonder, well, maybe someone else put layers on it. All of them have motive, to. All of them would be believable. But ultimately, the movie does give you the most believable one. Yeah. And uh, I love... Just talking about because you mentioned that conversation that sort of comes back. The The climactic scene where he's about where... Um, where Ransom's about to stab Mart- Marta, and he does, but it's a it's a fake prop knife. And he uh, Harlan con- had
1: said that in the beginning, yeah.
0: He says it's sort of a metaphor for how messed up his family is and why he decides to cut them all off and throw her in the will, which even that scene was a great scene because it seems like Daniel Craig's on her side. It seems like she has no reason to be caught, and then he goes ahead and puts her in the will. Right. Which makes her, of course, now the main the, suspect. Mm-hmm. Which also I think is why Harland made such a big deal of covering her covering it up because mm-hmm. he knew well it would she, make, yeah. make her very suspect. Yes, he knew that she wouldn't she wouldn't be able to get it because he she would be responsible for his death. Per so percent. the Slayer mm-hmm. rule, he knew that she wouldn't she would be disqualified. So that's right. why. I didn't even put that together in the movie, but that's why he comes up with such a bad Inabular. shit plan, yeah. uh, because it is actually necessary. See, this is what's great about movies like this, is mm-hmm. that you can have a kind of ridiculous movie, but if all the pieces fit together, then it can be extremely satisfying mm-hmm. journey to go on. But anyway, the conversation he has was, he talks about his family being so so spoiled and so just delusional from their wealth and from the life that they've led. Right. That they can't tell a real knife from a prop knife, and of course that is ransom's undo, literally ransom's undoing that yeah, the, metaphor. <laughs>
1: the metaphor also being for him not, be- yeah, the, not being able to see what's, I suppose, the genuine side because everyone's right. lying. Which you know, when uh, with Marta's character, there was a bit of a, you know, a reasonable doubt in terms of her character, as you had also just mentioned that mm. one moment where she closed the door. It seemed like she's like, all right, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that maybe. You know, at the end, there was going to be one of those twists where she... She really did. Yeah, like the whole barfing thing of her telling the truth was is something that she can... You know, some people can vomit on command. Maybe that was just something that she <laughs> could do. It was just something to kind of build her character. Because, you know, with these kind of... Uh, this genre, there's always the femme to tell, right? Right. Um, so in this case, it could have
0: been that. I want to draw what you just brought up. The uh, the fact that the Marta character cannot tell a lie essentially if she tells a lie then she has this uncontrollable urge to vomit which is in itself a another tactic by magicians which is they put someone they the movie literally put someone in the movie in a mystery who cannot lie which is like when a magician tells you to you know test this and test that because it gives you another thing where you're like oh it must be real because i've already proven this is irrefutable Mm -hmm but still manages to have a mystery in it right um it's literally putting something in front of your face that you cannot doubt and even though you don't need to doubt it the movie also realistically she believes she did it but she didn't but she didn't yes
1: i don't know if this is necessarily red herring the little kids the 15 year old smoking a cigar with his dad he like this is where I'm questioning whether certain things were extraneous like not necessary but then again even even if they were extraneous their inclusion in the movie definitely built more of a it added more depth to it brought more color to it because it almost seems like that the sun was just like one of those things like oh i need someone who's just sitting on the toilet to hear parts of the conversation but you still could have had that with the people in the conversation or the you know, the four when they're talking about the politics of things of immigrants. Yeah, there's enough just hearing part of it.
0: Yeah. There's enough people that someone else could have heard it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I would say that yeah, the son is mostly just there for a little extra color. But yeah. I he has some thematic points. I mean, like not 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 super important, but when Ransom first really shows up in the movie, we heard about him before, but when he shows up for the will reading, it is essentially two siblings arguing over how shitty their sons are. And so there needs to be two sons for that conversation to go that way. But there was also the daughter. Yeah,
1: but... She wasn't shitty, though. Although... Oh, I want to ask you a question in a second, but yeah.
0: Go ahead. Also, her... Her parent that we know in the movie isn't a blood relative of theirs. They don't like her for different reasons <laughs> right but it's it like i said it's not an it's not required for the plot or anything but but I thought it was it helped to make the family feel real in sort of i mean no, he wasn't super important, but it also lets you say it also let Daniel Craig say while well, he was unraveling is the mystery for us all at the end that the i don't remember the exact line, but he says. The conversation that the Nazi boy masturbating in the bathroom heard.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, see, it's just adding more color to it. There was no, it, they could have had someone else listening in on that. I have a question. So there was the part where uh, Meg called Marta and I was a little confused for a second um, and I'm not entirely sure. There was a part where when she called and uh, Marta was at the diner with uh, Ransom, was Meg calling Marta? With the intention of th- try, like, because, you know, when she gets off the phone, the entire family is standing behind her. Was that because they heard her talking on the phone or was this already there
0: and she was just, you know, my like, step reading, up to the plate and save the family? My reading of that was that the family forced her to do that. To do that. Yeah. Okay. See, that's what I thought. Because they were all, like, glaring at her, like, with anticipation of what the call was. Right. And so later we see her and Marta meet up and she's very apologetic. I don't think that Meg was bad in any way. I think she was a good, like probably one of the more pure members of this family. Mm-hmm. I think that they coerced her into that. I see that you could also read it the other way
1: in that she did it because, because it was right after the scene, the mom said that Gar- Harlan was cutting off the funding for school. Yeah, And she, and it could also be read as her panicking So that's what I'm saying. Like I read both ways. I saw it as her family. I think that's what the
0: movie wants you to think because that's the scene that immediately precedes it. But because the other scene, because the family all gawking at her immediately follows it, I think it's trying to reveal to you that she, she that was not what happened. Right. But the movie is not super clear, so I think I don't think it's wrong to read it either way. But that's just how I read it. Okay. I would like to talk about Harland a little bit too. I think he. The more you go, he was this weird sort of distant figure when the movie started. I think the movie may be wanted to tease a little bit that he may have been like this cold, oh, yeah. distant millionaire. Yeah, I think it, that was intentional. But he became quite, they gave you a couple scenes though, where he became actually very sweet, mostly scenes with Marta. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's Christopher Plummer who plays him. And yes. he did a very good job, particularly that scene where, you know, you do find very out. very charming. He's, he's going to die. Mm-hmm it's a very endearing and sweet scene that I think two very skilled actors pull off, which yes. is just that they're, it, it certainly shows you at least in that moment that there is nothing untoward about their relationship, that they truly are friends mm-hmm. and she cares for him, but also he cares for her. Right. You know, and it's suggested by the family, of course, in an untoward way, but the the movie proves to you that no, they have a very sweet relationship. You would argue that this is the daughter that he wishes all of his other fucking kids were. were.
1: And even uh, ransom, makes note of that they were talking about like oh i'm a self-made man or a self-made woman was it ransom who said yeah but yeah they got a hundred million dollar loan right. or yeah. whatever the hell just to get things started
0: so yeah it was bs and the movie definitely touches on i mean you talked about the political conversation they have and the movie's not overtly political other than that's other than that conversation they have but the movie's clearly a commentary a bit on generational wealth yes and the people who help them. Um, there are two who Ransom would call the help, although, you know, Meg wouldn't, uh, the nurse, and then, it's unclear to me what Fran's job was exactly, but... I think she was the housekeeper. Just like, yeah, just she just took she care was, of the yeah, I mean, and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. She brought the food over to him and uh, did something with the sheets. And it, there's <laughs> definitely this very clear... It could be cartoonish, but it's not... I mean, it is a little bit, but not in... It in is a charming also, way. Yeah, is and it's, it it's also astute in a way. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Ready or Not, which is a movie that kind uh, yeah. of takes... No, the the wealth inequality in America is not the point of the movie, mm-hmm. but it does make some barbed observations about people who are... Without people being who pandering, are, yeah, not the case. It's not that... Harlan is an awful person. He did build his own wealth, and it's not necessarily that they're all inherently bad people, but they don't know what real life is. Mm-hmm. They are disconnected from it because even they're all, they do all kind of call themselves a self-made until Ransom is like, no, it's bullshit. They got a ton of money from dad. And so whatever they bade themselves is only because of that benefit that other people don't have. And that's not the same as being self-made. right? And like the way Ready or Not did it, didn't necessarily go to that per se, but it went to the idea of how having it. so much wealth makes you not a good judge of what isn't, isn't normal. You, Cause
1: what then is that you're in a bubble, right? You, uh, you haven't seen the actual, the, uh, the hardships. Um, yes, you have experienced certain things that were a struggle, but of a different caliber. There was something that I saw on Reddit. The idea was, uh, you know, if you become rich and you have kids, don't give them the things that you didn't have, but teach them the things you didn't know. It just reminded me right it now. It makes sense. And, and it's
0: great. that is kind of, as ultimately, I think Harlan kind of realizes he, he messed up and didn't do that, mm-hmm. which is what he's trying to correct by, by throwing the stripping will. Stripping them from yeah. the will. Yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, I love these kind of movies.
1: It's a lot like an escape room. Whoever's gone to escape rooms, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Good ones will kind of bring you from one thing to another, and it's all available to you, whereas a bad escape room will have things that seemingly are loosely connected, and it's frustrating, especially if you end up asking for help and they give you some sort of crap answer. No, it's that's how I feel about Motherless Brooklyn. This is the connection I'm trying to make. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think well-crafted. Yeah. I think this would be part of my top something of 2019. So, yeah. Yeah, it's great. something.
0: I mean, Ryan Johnson is a very talented director. And when he's not having his <laughs> hands tied to a franchise. <laughs> How did you feel about Star Wars? <laughs> Ryan Johnson's Star Wars is the best made Star Wars film. Fight me. It is not my favorite Star Wars film, but it is the best made film in the franchise. Fight me. It has. Yeah, anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will come back with that. Um, oh, it's coming back. There's a difference between something that is emotionally and nostalgically important to us and the bits and pieces that make up cinema. And that is the best one <laughs> on that side. I'll, you know, I watched it once and never again. It has no part in my childhood or memory or joys. But you know what? Neither does anything else Star Wars has made in the last 10 years either. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> For the Mandalorian, maybe. Anyway, oh yeah, off topic. We'll get to that. Um, Yes, it's the difference between a bad mystery or a bad movie in general and a good one is that when you find out the answer at the end or where the plot finally leads you, if you can look back and say, even though I didn't put it together, all of that makes sense. I should have. Mm -hmm. It was all right there for me to do. That is that's essentially what I was saying. If there's just a twist. And you're like, well, that doesn't... Or you may actually... One of the reasons why some of these movies gets away with it is because sometimes the twist is so shocking that you're like, oh, damn. But yeah. then you watch the movie a second time, you're like, well, that doesn't that make doesn't, sense. That doesn't mine up. That doesn't connect. Um, and he definitely put it together. And also just his style was really good. He's oh, a, he, yeah. he shoots and edits well. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, he's not... Solely responsible for those things, but he does direct those things, and he has a very cohesive style, which I think you can see in Brick Two. It obviously has oh, a yeah. very specific aesthetic and sound to it, and even though this movie's not as stylized as that, it still has a lot of character. Yeah, I wanted to touch on a scene that just shows sort of his. Skill. Are you talking about the the cop? Or was it Officer Garland? No, but <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Are you talking about when Daniel Craig's explaining everything? And and he's...
1: Officer Garland. It was Officer Garland. <laughs> <laughs> but not just that. It was like, sh- 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 like yeah, he's, he started he, shushing. The it's cop just is like... so into
0: Daniel Craig's telling, <laughs> yeah. which again, Daniel Craig's performance is amazing in this. He's really funny at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's definitely over the top, but in a way that is very enjoyable to watch. No, uh, this actually goes to not, not none of that kind of stuff. It's actually just the the construction of a scene in general, which is where Walt goes to meet... Uh, Marta at Marta her, her apartment and he's mm-hmm. in the hallway and he seems like he's he's kind of stooped in shadow a little bit. He seems like he's helping but then the help he's offering seems to be it's a veiled threat. Oh. And as he steps forward and his cane makes a loud banging sound and she gets pushed further into shadows and against a wall and the, the loud bang and the loud bang every time he right. walks. And it's a scene that through the artistry of the cinematography and the sound editing and the um, visual editing. You see, you feel what she you feel. You feel a very intense fear and anxiety. And that is just really good craft, I wanted to point out. That's all. It's not a genre film that I thought I was craving, but seeing... But I think that's because so often I see them and I don't care for them that They're much. They're not done well But yeah. this is done so well that... I wish I wish we had more, more of it at this caliber. On
1: top of that, I mean, it's good for... It is definitely worth a rewatch, too. Um, if not for... The concern about some of these movies of this genre is that once you know, it, you're re- already robbed of any value. Mm-hmm. But this you could watch over maybe multiple times, um, especially for the comedy bits.
0: Yeah, not only because of all the details and layers that seem like they do check out, but also what helps that aspect is that the movie does not hinge solely on the fact that there's a mystery. You do actually like Marta as a protagonist, and therefore sometimes yes. we watch movies because we like going on that emotional journey. Yes. Too many movies don't have that for us to re-go through, but this one does. On top of that, there was a very redeeming characteristic for Marta, um,
1: especially when she was holding the
0: mug. It's great. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was good. a good little nod. like finally... A little something that was shown to us visually a long time ago and then brought back. But also... The movie does have something to say, which we talked about in 21 Bridges, which was a really well-made movie, but had nothing to had say. Had nothing to say. In this one, very clearly, you know, it's about it's about just having a fucking conscience, really.
1: Uh, yeah, being <laughs> but, a good person. Um, when you're being tested, Yeah, you have that moment. Because I... Okay, oh, sorry. If you think about it. Okay, so with uh, Richard, not you, having the affair, Tony Collette's character, I don't even know her, her her name. For four years, she had time to really say something. Right. Um, Now, I don't know about the... I don't even remember the actor's name now. I'm so tired.
0: They all could have had... A moment to... They all could have avoided what their father eventually does by not trying to trick their father, who was providing them with things... I mean, granted, the, the Richard example is not necessarily trying to trick the father, other than he refused to come clean about refused it when, to his, when the clean. father came. That was the point. Yeah, um, that's
1: my point. It's like when you're met with this difficulty. They put
0: themselves in this mess. Yes. And even though Marta was, didn't she, put herself in this she, mess, she got herself out of it she because she was a did. good person. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So You can find us at characterarch.net. Uh, you can like, share, and subscribe at... On Facebook at CharacterArc and on Instagram at CharacterArc, you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or really anywhere you find podcasts. Um, Do, if you use Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a review. If you like the show, if you don't, then just don't listen to it. Uh, Thank you so much, guys. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Watch the movie.